I have a recommendation. When you get home later today, I recommend picking up your Bible and reading the entirety of the second chapter of Acts of the Apostles. We just got the beginning, uh, the first 11 verses of the second chapter of Acts, that basically gives us the part of Pentecost that we know so well, you know, where they're all together in the upper room, you know, after this is 50 days after Easter the mighty wind, the separation of the flames above each of their heads. They're going out and speaking in, it says tongues. It's the same word for languages. They're speaking in all of these languages. And you notice like all of these incredible places are just hard to pronounce places from all over. And actually, if you look at the map, it's around Jerusalem. It kind of makes like this great big ellipses, sort of like the faith is moving out you know, throughout the world at this point. You know, it's like where you throw a rock in a pond and it, you know, goes out all over. It's sort of like this where these people are from all over the place, speak all of these different languages, and then all of a sudden, here come the apostles after the mighty wind, speaking in these languages of all these people. They understand, and as it says, you know, they were amazed that they're speaking them of the mighty works of God, and everyone understands this. So we just heard that in the first reading, but it doesn't end there. In fact, you know, it goes on and Peter gives his great big speech about all that Jesus has done and the fact that they put him to death. And then on the third day, he rose from the dead. And then all of them are cut to the heart. And they say, what must we do? And he says, repent and believe in the gospel and be baptized. And 3,000 are added to the church that day. And it's incredible. But before the 3,000 are added... Not everybody is like totally on board. So just beyond what we just heard in the first reading today. So this picks up at verse 12. We ended at verse 11. It says, and all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others, mocking, said, they are filled with new wine. Yes, that is what you think it means. And Peter goes on, it says this, but Peter, standing with the 11, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. And I love that reaction, right? And it's so good that Peter comes out of that and then continues to tell them all about the gospel. And it's an interesting thing to me because when you look at that first Pentecost, I mean, you literally have the sound of the mighty wind. You've got the flame above their heads. You've got these guys from Galilee. And it even says, these are all Galileans. And here we are, people from all over the world. And just so you know, like this gets lost in us a lot. To say, these are Galileans. This would be like if we're all like, you know, elite, well-educated people in New York. And they're like, these guys are from West Virginia. And they're here telling us what to do. I'm sorry if you're from West Virginia. Um, but it's, it's a good way, you know, if I was in Illinois, I'd say, these guys are from Indiana. We all have that place, right, that we point to. And I love West Virginia. I hope to go there later. But you see what I'm saying. It's like, here are these, you know, fishermen, these guys from up here. And they're speaking us to, in all of these languages of the mighty acts of God. And what do some people say? They're drunk. And it's one of those things where it's so easy to get kind of overwhelmed by the reactions from the world, right? That here we are on the first Sunday that the bishop has taken away the dispensation for the obligation. 
I mean, most of you have been here this whole time, but welcome back. You know, it's great. I'm glad that some of you I'm getting to see in person. Now, you may have seen me. We've been together digitally. Just so you know, the camera adds like 20 pounds, so just be aware of that. I did gain the COVID-19, you know, like all that fun stuff. So, but we're together, and it's so good to be here. And yet, it was funny to me, almost scandalous, I would say, that early on in the whole, you know, pandemic and lockdown time, the people like wringing their fingers like, oh, will anyone come back? Yes, of course. And I'm not saying that in such a way like, where else are they going to go? It's not that. But when you look at what we have, what this is, what we do, it's not just us kind of getting together. It is the gift of God poured out upon us. He has given us the Holy Spirit. And even from that first Pentecost, there are naysayers, right? That's the way that it is. It's the way that it has always been. These guys are just drunk. They don't know what they're talking about. But Peter goes forward to tell them about the gospel. And my brothers and sisters in Christ, we have the same gift. God continues to give us himself, day in and day out, pouring himself out upon us in the sacraments. I mean, when you think about the way that he interacts with the ordinary, we have mass every single day. And those gifts of bread and wine that get put on the altar through the gift of the sacrament of holy orders, it's not that I'm so great, but I was given the gift of the sacrament by the laying on of hands from Bishop Peter Jugas, who, by the way, was ordained a priest by St. John Paul II. So we have that direct link to Rome, which is pretty awesome when you think about it. But like looking at that, those gifts that look so ordinary by the gift of the Holy Spirit are changed. And we know that they're changed. There's a reason why we genuflect before we go into the pew, why we genuflect before we all come into the sanctuary, because he is present. The Holy Spirit continues to be poured out upon us in the confessional for the forgiveness of sins. We just had confirmation on Monday night. Yes, they still look like eighth graders, but the Holy Spirit is poured out upon them. And the beautiful thing is, is that something has changed, that God continues to be present to his people, continues to give us himself throughout all the ages, and yes, there were naysayers from the beginning, and there will continue to be naysayers. And they'll say, oh, they don't really believe that stuff anymore. Okay, fine. Let them say it. But you know what? The difference is, is that we can individually do something about it. Listen to how beautiful the singing has been this morning, right? As we're all back together in this one place. And even though my chanting is nowhere near as good as Deacon Joseph's, who's at an ordination, by the way. I didn't kick him out or anything. But you know, like, I know I can't sing as well as him, but yet we all sang the Kyrie together. We're singing the hymns. We're doing the responses. And each one of our voices, yes, and I'm talking about you, each one of our voices add to the glorification of God, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Yes, you could be at home right now. You could be watching something else. I don't know. I don't know what you watch on Sunday morning. I never get the time. But you know, like here we are together and it's glorious. And the Holy Spirit continues to be poured out. He will continue to give himself to us. The sacraments continue to be there. And you know what? Sometimes people will say, you still believe in this stuff? Yes, we do. And I just want to tell you a story because I like it and I hope that you will enjoy it. And it's one of my favorite anecdotes and I'm going to crowbar it in. So 
when I was a new priest, like first months of priesthood, I was the associate, uh, the, the parochial vicar at Our Lady of Grace in Greensboro. And one of the first things they did that summer was we had an Our Lady of Grace night at the ball game with the Greensboro grasshoppers. It was great. I was so excited. I went and got a grasshopper's hat. And I had the honor of throwing out the first pitch, okay? And I'm all excited about this, and I got my hat, and it's going to be so great. And I go out there, and they're like, mascot guy, Spaz, right? Okay, and he had a jersey that said Spaz 24-7. And I remember we go out there, and he's like, oh, we've got Father John Eckert. And he goes, do you need to bless the ball or something? And I said, don't patronize me, Spaz. And I took the ball, and I was just like annoyed by that, and I threw it right into the dirt. You know, just, I was like, ah. Now, that could be because I was annoyed by the reaction or because I'm a terrible baseball player. I'm no Brendan Morgan, okay? Like, I can't do these sort of things well. But, yes, people don't always know how to react to us. Don't know how to react to the fact that the Holy Spirit continues to be here, that the church is not going anywhere. In fact, continues to grow, continues to be poured out all over the place. We've got to be in the midst of that and realize, yes, there will be criticism. We will be accused of having too much new wine, right? But the joke's on them. We do have new wine. We have the body and blood of Christ. We have him truly present with us always. And the good news for us is that continues to happen. Yes, the world has a lot of darkness and cynicism and all that. So be it. The important thing is that we recognize that God is faithful, continues to be present by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the sacraments. The important thing is we continue to show up, to be amazed by the gift that he gives us, to be like Peter to say, no, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. This is incredible stuff. We have the gift of God. We'll continue to proclaim it because he continues to be faithful as well. My brothers and sisters in Christ, on this feast of Pentecost, let's pray for the grace to be open each and every day of our lives to God who is so faithful to us that we may proclaim to all the world the great mysteries that God has bestowed upon us. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.